and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted. I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Katzev. Hello, Alex, and I am your other co-host, John McStravick. Uh, Alex, I'm changing it up on you for the second week in a row, throwing you in there first, just to uh, make you feel good and balance it out here. How are you doing? I'm good. You're uh, keeping me on my toes here, making sure I'm paying attention. Always, always, always keeping you on your toes. That's why they call you toes in softball. Um, so week seven is in the books. Uh, this is the nitty gritty part of the season. We are smack dab in the middle. I think we have six weeks left now of fantasy football regular season. So we are getting into the uh, sink or swim, make or break time of the season. Um, even if you're not doing so hot, you can still have time to turn it around, though. So uh, that is where we are at. Um, so no more time for some idle chit-chat. We're going to get right into some fantasy talk. Uh, and you brought up both these topics. We're going to do two topics today in fantasy talk. Um, this first one, I'm just going to let you take it and run with it because, uh, sure. Uh, in an ideal world, uh, you would love to be able to swap out injured players in-game. Yeah. Please explain. I call this segment In Fantasyland. Uh, in fantasy. And so uh, basically the idea is, you know, Matt Ryan went down early in the game. If you have another quarterback that perhaps is also playing, uh, you should be able to swap them out for whatever points they get after that point. You, you shouldn't be able to get the points they already earned before then. But if your player goes out and is for sure gets that O tag out for the game, you should just like in a regular game. You wouldn't play with ten players just because someone got injured. You'd be able to refill that spot, and so you'd be able to get some of the points and some of the value back. But there'd be some requirements, some parameters, like they'd have to be playing in the game at the time. It couldn't be, you know, a game that hadn't started yet. And you say, okay, well now I want to put this one in, and you start over. That's like a mulligan. That's not what I'm saying. So it has to be some sort of balance between it. And we don't have that. And it's kind of messed up when you've got people like Matt Ryan or Delaney Walker or Thielen who go out early. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, sure, I think that could work. I mean, it's not like fantasy football is complex at all right now. So just add that in. I think we'll all be safe. Um, that's not going to hurt the brain at all. Uh, sure. But maybe, I mean computers i guess can figure this sort of thing out um maybe you just mark a reserve quarterback to start playing if your guy goes down i don't know i guess it could happen um but but yeah uh, i mean it would bring uh, it might spike an interest in some people who knows it'd be it's something new to mix it up a little bit all right always always good to mix it up um uh, i think we're going to keep this one in fantasy land fantasy uh, i don't see this ever happening um I'm okay with honestly how the status quo is. If your guy gets hurt, then your guy gets hurt, man. That's just how life rolls. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're not going to win. Uh, I still won games when my quarterbacks have gotten hurt. I think I've had uh, earlier in the year, Trubisky went down, and I still won that game uh, thanks to my deep, deep bench the, that I uh, decided to play that week. I forget what week it was, who it was, and all that. But yep, I still yep, think yep. I ended up winning that game. So I don't know. I, I get the frustration. I mean, especially when you really are meticulous about setting your rosters and then all of a sudden it just goes to shit because uh, somebody gets knocked out in the first quarter. It, it does it does sting. You know, like if you have like a Sammy Watkins player and you know they're going to get hurt. So essentially you want to trade them as soon as you can. You know, speaking of trades, I made one this week. Shoot me your trade. What happened? Let, fill me in. 
So I got rid of Eckler and Mike Williams, both Chargers, because they're not doing very well. I don't like the Eckler and Melvin Gordon situation. And I traded him for Aaron Jones, who's also in kind of a situation where it's a running back by committee. So it seemed fair enough, but it was with the ninth player, and I'm the first player. So it seems like it could be uh, a little little shady. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, you uh, you sent me that earlier in the week. We're, we're curious of my uh, thoughts on that. And I said, pull that trigger, friend. Uh, yeah, get rid of those uh, dead bolts, chargers. Uh, and... I, this this leads into then the next topic that you wanted to bring up here was with trading with players who were in last place or near the bottom of the rankings or of the standings. And is that kosher? Should you do it? Uh, should it be allowed if it's okay, if there is no rules against it or anything? So what are your general thoughts on trading with the the bottom of the barrel you know, this late in the season? In, in our league now, it's commissioner-based. So if the commissioner feels like it's collusion – he can reject the trade and talk to both parties and say, like, hey, what's going on, guys? You know, you can't do that. So I feel like it was fair because essentially Eckler got 22 points this week and Aaron Jones only got 16. So. Oh, yes, because one week means everything. But, uh, well, you know, I, I, I like our commissioner rule that he can override any trade now because we ran into this problem because of you, uh, <laughs> where there has been some majorly, majorly uh, lopsided trade offers that have gone through with people who don't know what they're doing. Uh, but but I will say this. I give you all the props in the world for taking advantage of what was allowed and uh, under the rules at the time. Uh, but your shadiness, very Belichick of me. You are. You were the Belichick. Sometimes still are the Belichick of our LA locals league for sure. Uh, you're you're just like him on said uh, uh, the other night. Uh, I'm sorry. You were just like him on Monday night when he was. Uh, he smirked when they declined the penalty. You smirk whenever you get to make those type of trades. There's just a little smirk. Nothing big. I'm not big on it, but if, you know, your league allows it, you know, go for it. I guess I'm more jealous of anything of you jumping, uh, getting ahead of me and making those moves and taking advantage of the players who don't know what they're doing. So what you have to do to get ahead. As is anything in life. Um, all right, then. So moving on then to our weekly recap. Um, how did you do this week overall? Fwam, 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 three and oh, I did great. Wow. Screw you. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was trending upward on my graph anyway. Yeah, you are. All right. Well, that just means that you're going to trend down maybe at the worst possible time. So <laughs> enjoy it while you're at the top because it doesn't last that long. Uh, I was one and two this week, uh, a frustrating one and two. I uh, missed one game. I lost by less than two points. Ouch. Um, As we talked about last week, that's a stinger. It is, especially because I had Edelman going. And I was only down by like eight points with Edelman going with the Patriots against the Jets and somehow he couldn't get me enough points to get over two more points. It might've been a little more. I might've been down by like um, maybe 10 points and he only got me like eight, something like that. But yeah, it was frustrating too. When you, especially when you have a guy like that going, you're like, come on, this has to be a guarantee. This has to be a stone cold mortal lock. The Browns did that to me at some point against James this year when, I mean, I just needed Chubb to carry the rock one more time and, they had four tries to get it in the end zone and goal line stand, and they would not let him carry it in. I just needed like one yard, and they would not do it. So I get it. 
Yeah, and it happened to me the same league, uh, Kamara, earlier in the season. I need him carry like one more ten yard gain, and I would I would have won the game. Same thing with him. I need him to get like two more receptions for ten yards, and I would have had iced it. So I was a disappointing one and two. Um, I won the one game I won was in my dynasty league. So I'm actually. Holding tight there. Uh, I I think I'm three and four now. I'm, I'm in the middle of the pack. You're fine in that league, but I'm I'm tied with a bunch of people, and it's now just separated by points four. So I'm in there. I'm in the running to make that sixth playoff spot. And uh, same thing goes for the LA locals league we're in. I'm in the running. Yeah, of for course, a, a playoff spot. So that's why I'm still optimistic. I can keep uh, turn it all around and and make the playoffs. Essentially, you're at the halfway mark. You know, you can you can still go six and one. Just to finish it off, and and you know, like it's it's not un, un, it's not outside of the realm of possibilities. So I still think you're good. Not at all, not at all. All right. So who was then your best player this week? My best player was Aaron Rodgers. Actually, I complained about him last week. I gave you like eleven to twelve other quarterbacks that you should have started, and he shut me up with like forty-eight points. In one of my leagues, New England's defense is still doing me great. And then Latavius Murray, which who I drafted uh, in the 11th round. Uh, but, you know, I also had to pick him up off the waiver wire at some point. But I, I'm just saying, like, I knew at some point I'd use him. He got me like 29 points. So those are my big guys. I'll go right off of that. Latavius Murray was my best player. I have him in two leagues, my dynasty and my work league. I lost the work league still. Uh, but yeah, he he carried the day for me in my dynasty. Um, and speaking of friggin' Aaron Rodgers as well, I lost in our LA locals league to Kyle because he had Aaron Rodgers who That's had a stinger. Whew. I mean, just talk about another buzzsaw. I mean, forty eight points, man. I, I like I, I had no no chance. And Kyle is the worst team in our league this season. <laughs> but then he I hit him at the worst possible. He's week. he's not even trying. I don't even think no. he, he left Kamara in, who wasn't even playing. <sighs> yeah. Well, and then he gets lucky with Aaron Rodgers finally comes through for him. And of course, the week that I play him, and, and then I underperformed in that league anyway. But yeah, so I, I yeah, Marion out Rodgers just. Uh, good for me on Mary, bad for me on Rogers, but um, that's where I'm at. Um, and so then, who was the biggest disappointment, though? Even though you went three and zero, who were who were you still frustrated by? Melvin Gordon still hasn't done anything for me. I remember it just like I drafted him in his rookie year, where there's all this hype and he's still not getting me double digits. Sam Darnold had to be bad for people. He threw like six picks and sacked, so he could not. Well, he's seeing ghosts, he man. Could, he's seeing ghosts. He was spooked for sure. And then Robert Woods just continuously he got a touchdown i believe but like he still continuously underperforms week in and we out week out yeah robert woods is killing me uh for my huge regret on that um uh cooper cup trade i made in my dynasty league because i thought honestly woods was going to be the go-to guy and then cup would be guy picking up that extra stuff that he would have a good game here and there but not leading the charge robert woods just that everybody's hype on him really killed my miscalculation on that whole that whole deal my biggest disappointments were I have a twofer of Garoppolo and Miles Sanders. I mean, just talk about getting absolutely nothing out of these guys. Garoppolo got me like less than seven points. Sanders got me less than five. I've been sticking with Sanders almost just because I don't have much to go with. Like he's my number two running back, but I'm going to have to swap him out for McCoy. Uh, I got, I got, I got to figure out what I'm doing with him, but I can't start him anymore. Um, but Garoppolo as well. I mean, uh, here's the thing is that um, the, 
I was I have my team was on a bye in the LA Locals League room together, so I, I didn't have a choice but start Garoppolo. Uh, Baker Mayfield was on a bye, so my hand was forced, and that's that's the result that I got. You probably could have picked up Stafford for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, another quarterback is on my radar, and we'll get to that. Um, so then, uh, did you make any other waiver wire or trades this week? Uh, you mentioned your your trade already. Which is it working out for you? Are you feeling good about it? I do like where I'm at with it. I feel like Aaron Jones has a higher upside further down the stretch than Eckler does. Um, for sure. <laughs> So I am happy about it. I'm, I'm hoping uh, everyone kind of lets it go. I'm, um, you know, I'm really hoping no one chirps about it like they normally do. So, uh, so far, no one's really complained about anything. There's been no complaints. Seems like everyone kind of respects everyone enough to think that uh, nothing shady's going on. You know what I mean? I, I'll give you this. I know we we're talking about collusion and shady trades with you know people who are out of the running almost, but that that's not an awful trade in the sense of. So totally lopsided. I still think you won the trade, but I don't think it's uh, anything that you could really, you know, get up in arms about. Um, I, I luckily I grabbed uh, Latavius Murray uh, in my work league because I saw Kamara go out and I have him. I didn't have him handcuffed and he was available. And it was one of those waiver. Uh, it's because it's first come first or it's the like, uh, it's by position. It's not a fab waiver wire. I was picked him up on Saturday and instantly got him and he was ready to go for me, but just not enough, uh, in that league. So it doesn't really matter. Um, did you have any other hard choices this week? Um, my hard choice in one of my leagues is I have Mark Andrews and Kittle. And so I never really know which one to play week in and week out. I was, they're two really good tight ends. Cause again, I got Mark Andrews later in the, uh, in the draft and, and uh, I had picked up Kittle in this other league just early on. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I again, like I said, I pretty much had no hard choices in our LA league because of the buy. <laughs> that made more choices for me. Uh, in my other leagues, uh, no, same thing. I think mostly the buy. Um, I, I should have started uh, Corey Davis. He looks. That was a question of mine. I, that was a sit-start debate for me was to put Corey Davis in or not. They switched to Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, and I was debating. It was like one of those like sink or swim choices where it's like because he has a new guy in there finally, maybe he'll be able to show off his talents better because he has a guy who's maybe possibly better. And it, it seems like what the case was in that week one. On the flip side, brand new guy. They don't have a lot of chemistry. That could go downhill real fast as well. So I decided to sit him. Didn't hurt me in the end, so I was okay. But I'm now considering on whether I want to start Corey Davis going forward, but I have a pretty strong receiving core in that league as well. So we'll, we'll see. That's what, that's always my focus. So, okay. Um, so let's move on then to some breaking news. Uh, first off, let's start with the, uh, the quarterback situation in Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton was reported to be able to ready to come back. He's supposedly been practicing a little bit, but Kyle Allen for the foreseeable future will stay as the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Thoughts? I talked about it last week that uh, based on math and math alone, uh, you've got to keep uh, going with with Allen. That's just the way it goes until he proves that he can't do it anymore or even gets injured. Then that's when Cam comes back in to, to retake the locker room. So. so do you think, though, if Cam comes back 100% healthy, do you keep Kyle Allen in if they keep winning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Cam – so Cam is 0-2 this year. I want to say he's like 0 and 11 
Like, if you go back to last year. I don't know the actual stat, but it's not good. So, what about Kyle Allen? Is he something you'd be on your radar to pick up in fantasy, or no? Is he still just kind of too much of a journeyman guy right now? Or too much of a young guy? I would be amazed if you could find him on the waiver wire. Uh, I haven't been keeping tabs on Carolina too much outside. I just know that uh, what's his face of running backs kind of tearing it up. Uh, moving on to more quarterback news. Uh, looks like Drew Brees is expected back in week 10. Um, He's killing me. You, have you kept him on your bench the whole time? He's on my. He was on my IR as an out, and now he's like playing this game like he's gonna come back before the bye, and you know he's not. So now I have to take him out of the IR spot, which is that whole loophole that is in in fantasy football. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and, and it burned you a little bit. I, I ran into that problem as well with Deshaun, where he comes off and he's unquestionable, so he's not technically on the IR, so he can't be in that out position. But you can't make any waiver wire pickups until you fix that as well. So that means you do have to cut a guy in order to put your IR guy on the roster. It's It means you have to cut two guys, essentially, to pick up one. Essentially, yes. Yes, because if you want to make a waiver wire move, you have to cut that guy, too. Um, so that, that's interesting. So, so week 10, so you got three more weeks then of keeping him on your bench. Oh, I guess two more weeks if come back for week 10, but he might not even, he's not even your starter anyway. Man, it's a, no, I don't even need him. I'm, I remember it was all for defense. I was probably going to trade him, uh, for a tight end if Mark Andrews didn't work out. And here I am and he's making it so I can't pick up anybody this week. And I've got, well, look at this way. Look at this way though. You, you have had him with the idea that you're going to keep him on your bench the whole season. And for a good three or four weeks, he's been in your IR spot. So you've had him and played defense with him, but were able to actually fill another roster spot. So it actually has been working pretty well to your advantage so far this season. Yeah, I guess beggars can be choosers. Yeah, you sit at six and one and you're complaining about having to uh, not sit, uh, having to put uh, Drew Brees on your bench. Yeah, yeah so I may not fill my tight end spot this week. I may just leave Mark Andrews on a bye and say, I'm against Kyle. So we'll see how it goes without me picking up a tight end. Well, he has your boy Rogers on it, so watch out. Um, So also that we have, we have uh, the big, big news is that uh, Patrick Mahomes is out with the the knee injury, which ended up just being, I think, a patella pop. Uh, His kneecap, more or less, just kind of popped out of place and got dislocated, and they popped it back in. Uh, But... He's up and moving, but they're saying he, he's not playing. I think they have a bye coming up in two weeks. So I think the idea is to ride hit, ride out till they get to the bye week. He has a bye week, which gives him three weeks to recover. And then from there, we will uh, they'll reevaluate. But I think he'll be back in about three weeks. So how do, how do you feel about Kelsey going forward without Pat Mahomes? <sighs> Honestly, I hadn't even thought about it. Um, I, yeah, so we'll get to that. I, I want to talk about some of these injury news and strategy coming up in our strategy talk. So let's hold, let's put a pin in that one. So the next big news, since we're actually coming to you a day late, uh, we have some new news uh, coming through the wire that uh, running back uh, Karen Carrion Johnson for the uh, the Carrion Johnson Carrion Carrion, uh, he is getting knee surgery. And he'll be out till at least probably mid-December. Uh, there is hopes of a return this season. But that also all means hopes of return as if Detroit's going to make the playoffs. So, uh, I don't know. They have, uh, let me see here. Who do they have as their backups? Ty Johnson and J.D. McKinsick. 
those are their backups there in Detroit, which so far is who they say they're going to roll with. Uh, but they might also sign Trey Carson. Um, so we'll see. So do you have any interest in picking up anybody from the Lions at running back position as a flyer? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the same situation with Malcolm Brown uh, where, it's you know, you could spend X amount of percentage of your fab on him and just hope for the best. They're not really a running team. They haven't been known for having a running back sort of game since Matt Stafford's been at quarterback. So, I mean, I guess, like I said, I can't really make any waiver wire picks this week. Uh, but if you've got the money and you've got got a chance to pick him up, I don't see why you wouldn't. I agree. I agree. They're worth taking a flyer on this late middle of the season like this, and you're trying to find somebody to give you a spark. Um, I think they're worth a, a couple of dollars on a fab waiver wire. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, so uh, some more breaking news in our late edition segment. Uh, we got some trade, trade, trades. Uh, we got... Sanu going from the Atlanta Falcons to the New England Patriots of Massachusetts. And we also have Emmanuel Sanders going from the Denver Broncos of Mile High to the San Francisco 49ers of the Bay Area. Uh, Some nice, those are two big trades. Those are two big trades that you don't normally see in football but are becoming more common. Yeah, so help me out with this. What do you think that does for the value of Emmanuel Sanders? Because before his value was not very high as Flacco with his quarterback. Um, I, 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 It definitely goes up, for sure. It goes up. Uh, how much it goes up, I'm not super sure yet because Garoppolo's good, but... They, I, the reason they made the move is because their wide receivers have been doing absolute garbage. Their, their number one receiver, um, uh, I'm going to drop his name now. Anyway, he I think he has a total of like 400 yards total. Or no, he has less than that because... Um, Isn't Kittle their number one wide receiver? Well, yeah, he's probably their number one receiver. But everybody on their cores is not doing well at all. So they needed a spark. My question is, though, is that... How fast can Sanders get into the offense, get up the speed on the offense? How fast can Garoppolo, you know, get a relationship and a rapport with him that it's a be- uh, becomes beneficial? We're on the flip side with the Patriots and Brady and Sanu. I mean, to me, Sanu, that his his value just skyrockets because that's not going to be an issue for Brady. And they're going to keep it simple for him. They're going to use him right away. I mean, look what they did with Antonio Brown in week two, like right out of the gate. I mean, you, you, you got him as a flex. Uh, he, that's a great value to be on the Patriots team. The problem is you never know when his day is going to come. Like, he's probably going to his, – his, his ceiling goes up for sure. Um, but you just never know when that boom game is. You can never trust which wide receiver is going to have that game. Right, but, but just think about what this does, though, to opposing defenses, though, because now they can't all focus on Edelman. I actually think this is great news for Edelman, so I'm happy about this. Um, but because uh, I think there's enough to go around that Edelman will get his, but it's it's just spreading the defense out more now. But I think Sanu is going to see his looks too, just because nobody can focus on anybody in that offense now. I know the tight end position isn't super strong as it used to be. They were working in Ben Watson pretty hard on Monday. I mean, they really kept feeding him the ball. Um, they were trying to make him look like Gronk uh, for sure. He was kind of like a Tony Gonzalez. Uh, I do think that Sanu is the one that gets the highest uptick in stock. Uh, than the other one. Uh, Sanders, I just don't feel like they throw the ball that much. They kind of game manage, they get ahead, and then they run out the clock. 
they're not really big. Maybe it's because they don't have the wide receivers to do it. Maybe it's because they don't trust Garoppolo to do it. I don't really know. It's not really their game plan. They really don't score a lot of points. Yeah, this is true. I, and I, that's why I just don't know how much of a boost it is for Sanders as far as fantasy value. Even Garoppolo, like, I, I'm happy about it. I have him on my roster, but I'm not, like, all of a sudden think this is going to change that offense. Um, and Garoppolo, for me, has not been doing as great as I thought he would be. I mean, he had, like, two good games for me, but he, he's not doing any better than what Baker Mayfield was doing, and I think Baker Mayfield still has a higher ceiling. So, let's, and that will get us into some strategy talk here. Um, how are the injuries affecting your waiver wire strategy or players on your team? And so you just brought this up to me, like, uh, Travis Kelsey, like I honestly haven't thought about it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still starting him. He's just going to be my starting tight end. Like it doesn't do much for me as far as him. I just have to hope for the best that their offense is still good enough and they can still, they're going to get him the ball. I mean, so I, I'm fine with that. My other question, though, is I have McCoy. How much does that affect McCoy's value now? Like, are they going to go more to the running game, though? Do I start McCoy now? Um, what are your thoughts on, like, say, his value? It seems like he's been pretty solid for you. But, again, I would have traded him as quickly as you could have. Well, that's not the case anymore. Uh, I still have him on my team. And he's actually going to be, I think, more featured in my roster because Miles Sanders has been giving me nothing. Mark Ingram's on a bye week for me, so I'm gonna I have to start Sanders again. But McCoy's moving up into the number one running back spot, and I have enough uh, wide receivers to fill in the flex spot. But that's where McCoy's been mostly hanging this season, so he's getting featured more for me now. Now I'm glad I have him because he's my depth at running back. Who are you against this week? I'm against Mister Forty Five Minutes Late, Albert. Okay, so he'll overthink it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, especially since I have uh, Oh, I would love it, love it, love it If Julian Edelman goes off for a big game though That would be a vengeance right there It would be lovely um, So do you have any other players that you're now targeting Because of the depth We talked a little bit about the Lions running back situation Or is there any other waiver wire players now Because of some of these injuries To the quarterbacks Or to you said, you know, Adam Thielen was hurt I mean, do you see any other values coming up in the waiver wire? You know, it's really tough. There there really isn't anybody. There's one name uh, that I saw out there that I'd never heard of. I believe it was a Buffalo receiver, um, Parkett or something like that. Um, he was number two in the highest uh, rankings, if, if you can get him. Uh, but I just need a tight end to fill in this week. So I'm looking at uh, Fells from Houston because okay. uh, that goes with my bold prediction too. So we'll talk about that at the very end. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to keep, uh, I, I I do have some more strategies now. I'm looking at some of these injuries and I want to see where I can find some some depth players that might get a chance now and take a shot at them. Um, most of my, I, so we can probably talk about this right now. So just what is your waiver wire strategy looking like this week? Who are you looking to pick up? Yeah, no, I just, uh, like I said, I need a new tight end. I've already got my defense in place. Um, that's pretty much all there is. I'd like, you know, I'll I'll put a bid out for uh, any any wide receivers I can find right now, and and I'll look up what that man's name was that I I was talking about uh, a second ago that I just never heard of. He was mystery relevant to me until last week, um, but I'll get back to you on that. We should continue, and I'll pop back in. I, I know who you're talking about because I saw him in my dynasty league get picked up as well. And I was curious about that, but it seems like one of those deep, deep roster moves. Um, 
I'm looking for kind of wholesale this week in, in waiver wire. I think I'm going to be very active. I'm looking QB, defense, tight end. Those are my three spots. So I'm actually going to be very active. I'm probably going to be placing numerous bets uh, just to make sure I get somebody. I, I need some change. I need a spark in my offense here. So I'm willing to take some shots at some things. Like we said, we're starting to get to make or break part of the season where you, you got to keep – I'm sticking to my my motto of like sticking with my main roster, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't need tweaks or some fixes here and there that I, I do need to address. So I'm actually going to be very active. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I just have to drop Antonio Brown and put in Deshaun Jackson back onto my roster, and then I'll be ready to go for the waiver wire. No, it all looks good. I think we're ready for bold predictions. How about you? Uh, I think we are. Let's hear it. Yeah, I think Houston. I think Deshaun Watson has five total touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 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 Five touchdowns. All right, who are they playing? Um, let's find out, shall we? Uh, Houston is playing Oakland. Yeah. All right, I'll give that to you. Um, I'm going to say uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has two touchdowns and 100-plus yards this week. Wow. Wow, your bold <laughs> predictions are just that. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I did not come through with my bold prediction again last week, so uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm maybe putting the uh, Barry spin on my bold predictions here. So maybe whatever I say, just do the opposite. You know, that's what it's for. That's why we do it. Uh, you're not supposed to do an easy one. It's not supposed to be something that you think, oh yeah, well that'll definitely happen. Like the Patriots will win this week. Oh yeah, great. That's that's not a bold prediction. No, no. So that's what I'm going to go with. I, I, I'm going to go out there. Uh, I try to find something different uh, because I've been kind of going with some. I've been doing a lot of like Homer picks for my team players or Homer picks for my real team in uh, yep. real life. So I decided to try to find a player uh, that I think could break out a little bit this week. That was nowhere near anything that I has to do with any of my teams. Good. I think he's due. I think that's a, that's a good pick. Yes, so maybe he'll bounce back with some of that value in his uh, second round draft uh, in our league. So that'll do it for us this week. We'll be back next week. Um, Again, we'll have the line open if anybody wants to call in and ask some questions. There will be the link in the show notes. Uh, And if there's nothing else, Alex, uh, where can people reach you at? You can reach me at Think Curly at Twitter. Awesome. You can reach me at Jay Stravs on Twitter, and uh, I will talk to you next week. Have a good one and happy waiver wiring.